Has there been a time in your life where, when someone has come on to you too strong? Someone got on your grill, someone got on your face, someone just a little bit too aggressive with how they talk to you. How'd you feel? Somebody's approached you was way too strong. What'd you think? Or has there been a time in your life when somebody's care for you was too strong? They went above and beyond. I had to have a, a, something replaced in my carburetor, and um, I took it to a dealership, and they fixed it. And they said, oh, by the way, when we look at your engine, we, had, we fixed a couple other things, and we vacuumed out your car and washed it. I said, wow, thanks. They went above and beyond. Have you ever had those extremes? Someone a little bit too aggressive and gets in your face, maybe a little too strong, becomes a turnoff. Someone who's maybe a little bit more generous and kind with you who went above and beyond. We can all recall those times in our life. Too strong one way or another. When I was a teacher here many years ago, I went to a parent-teacher league meeting, and they always have uh, Kool-Aid and cookies, which is a good thing. I was a single guy. So PTL meeting had Kool-Aids and cookies, grabbed a couple of cookies and took a bite or two, and then I grabbed a cup of Kool-Aid and I drank it, and wow, was it strong. I mean, I had a hard time going down. It wasn't like, you know, the Captain Morgan or Jack or Jim or uh, Jose strong. It wasn't that type of strong. Something much worse than that. And, and the lady who was behind the counter, the PTL lady, I forgot who she was, she looked at me and says, everything all right with the drink? I said, this just tastes really, really super strong. And so she went, let me get a cup. And she took a drink herself and she gave me one. Eh. And then she said, you know what? I think I made a mistake. I made the Kool-Aid with salt instead of sugar. <laughs> True story. So he served it to everybody else. No, just kidding. <laughs> Dumped that baby out, made some Kool-Aid with sugar. Much different. I still remember that. So Jesus says this about us being salt. Think, think about that, that Kool-Aid made with salt, about that going down. Jesus says this. Can you all read it with me? You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men. You're the salt, you're, you're the zip, you're, you're the pop, you're, you're the strong of the earth. If we lose that, how can we be that again? You ever see the movie Les Miserables or seen the play? I think it's been going on for 25 years on, in Broadway. Les Miserables, I'm not a French expert, but it means the miserable ones. And it takes place in 1840 France. It's really a godly movie in many ways. It just talks about the life of miserable people in daily lives. And, and on the right, uh, Hugh Jackman... Um, he plays Jean Valjean, who is a criminal, and 20 years in hard labor, he's released. And so he goes and he, he moves into a monastery, and there he rips off the monastery some silverware, some silver, they might become rich. And he's escaping, and the police catch him again, and there he goes back. I'm going to have to go back to hard labor. And there, on the left, is the Bishop of Digne. And the Bishop Digne, they bring him to him and said, he's stealing your silverware and other uh, precious items. And he goes, no, he didn't. I told him to have it. As a matter of fact, he grabbed the silver candlestick, says he can have this too. And that sort of mercy and grace that the bishop at Dignay gave to Jean Valjean tore him apart. It changed his life. Um, he became a very gracious person. He, he, he became a manager and a supervisor, very caring and very loving father that was really salt. What the bishop at Dignay did to him 
uh, not holding me accountable and saying, here, here, have, have the silver candlesticks as well, was really salt that changed his life. And I like to say it, what they did was confusing. You should have really handed me back word of police that I might go back into hard labor. And it was disruptive to his life. I wasn't expecting this. I wasn't expecting someone to give me mercy and grace, and yet very creative. No, here, please, please take these as well. We would have said, throw the bum in jail, send him back to hard labor. But he gave him salt, salt that was too strong. And so in today's gospel lesson, Jesus had a salty day, and he had to deal with the salty drink of the Pharisees. And there we hear the loving salt of Jesus touch. Well, what's going on? Well, Jesus is invited to a meal of the Pharisees. It's sort of the upper society, the high-class society meal. And people sat in ranks according to who they were. Now, now, we're not used to that. Probably the closest thing to that is we go to a wedding reception. Picture in my mind. You know who's sitting where. Had the bridal table with a bridal party. Maybe other dignitaries are at the front. There's mom and dad, mom and dad, the bride and the groom, maybe grandparents and siblings. And there, everybody else sits where? Way back. I, I've been to wedding receptions where, where you have a name tag, you sit there, or you're told to go to this table. And sometimes you just go wherever, and sometimes as a pastor, I'm not sure where to go. I know one thing, I never sit with a bridal party, okay? I don't belong there. And many times the parents of the bride or groom say, oh, pastor, we have a place for you here. But at this meal... Jesus realizes that there's this phoniness of people who sit in high places to be recognized. And then comes a person in with the disease of dropsy. Now, what's dropsy? Well, dropsy isn't a disease that the Cleveland Browns or the Detroit Lions or the Detroit Tigers have. That's not that disease, okay? You don't suffer from that, all right? Dropsy is a disease when a person holds on to water and their, their body swells. Uh, much worse than COPD. We hear about water around a person's heart. But this person's suffering from dropsy. And so the Pharisees are saying, like, what are you being here? It's sort of like this. Do you remember the last wedding you were at? Right? The last wedding reception you were at with family? And what would happen if a homeless person came in, dressed in rags, and said, can I sit with a bridal party? That, that's sort of like what this man with dropsy did. And so our Lord, much like the Bishop of Dignay, had mercy and grace and healed him. And the Pharisees saying, why are you doing this on the Sabbath? Why is this person even here? Because our Lord was salty. It was confusing. I'm going to heal the person even on the Sabbath. It was disruptive. I don't care if he interferes with your wonderful meal of all you high-class people. It was creative. In front of you, I'm going to give you him mercy and grace. Because salt, for us being the salt of the earth, is confusing, disruptive, and creative. More on that later. So Jesus tells at this meal a parable. And in this parable, he says this. When you go to a meal, don't go to a place of high honor. Matter, go to the lowest place. Because if you go to a place of high honor and they don't want you there, you'll be humiliated. Go to the lowest place and maybe the host will come and move you to a greater place. And by the way... Jesus also tells him this. He says, just don't invite wealthy people to your parties. Don't invite people who can give you favors and give you business returns. But invite the poor and the lame and the crippled. Invite those people. What Jesus is calling us to do is the salt of humility. That is how we are salt to others. The salt of humility compared to the arrogance of the Pharisees with 
their rules. And by the way, who are the poor, the lame, the crippled, the blind? You and I are. We are the lame, crippled, poor sinners who reject God's grace and don't like to listen to his word. We are the ones who rebel against God and design our own idols. So Jesus invites us to come to his banquet with his mercy and grace. The salt of humility, the salt of service, the salt of being invited by God's grace. Friends in Christ, if you don't know, on January 9th, my, my mother died. It was a Sunday, and Saturday before the 5.30 service, I got a phone call that she turned for the worse, and so I made arrangements to go back to Northeast Ohio after the service. A sub was found for me Sunday. And I saw my mom, talked to my mom for the last time that Saturday night, and, and so I slept, and Sunday about 6, my sister called and said, it's getting really bad, I just think it's a matter of time. So I went to the assisted living facility about 8 or 9, where she was, and she was non-responsive, and we sat and prayed and talked, and the family came, a sad time, and then my, my mom died about noon. But here's the thing, my father was in the hospital, he fell and broke some ribs, and we're trying to get him back to see my mom, but the hospital wouldn't release him, they had to do tests that were four hours apart. And so there, we waited, and so when my mom died, my sister and I had to go inform my dad what happened, and there my dad couldn't get released from the hospital until about four o'clock in the afternoon. He had to have tests to make sure that his lungs were okay. And there we waited to four o'clock in the afternoon. And then we went back to the assisted living facility for my dad to see my mom again. And after that happened, the pastor from my childhood church came and visited with us and gave us a devotion and prayed with us and blessed us. And right after that, the funeral home showed up. And we talked with them and began making arrangements and they took my mother's body away as her soul was with the Lord. And then I finally got back to my sister's house about 9.30, but there was no time to eat or to drink anything. I mean, there just wasn't a time to do anything. We had to pick up my dad, take him there. The, the day was really busy, emotionally exhausting. I really didn't feel, we didn't feel like going out to eat. We definitely didn't feel like making something to eat. But one of my sister's friends who heard about this situation ordered five large pizzas for us and some drinks, and some cookies, and some cakes. And there, I was very thankful for what I call be a salty pizza. Now, of course, pizza has salt. There's a salty pizza because somebody cared enough about us the day that we're going through. There's no chance to eat. It's still hungry and lightheaded. I still remember that pizza. And I always know about death because I'm always on the other side of it. Hundreds of funerals, I'm always on the other side when somebody dies. This is the first time in about 30 years I've been on my side of death and what it meant. The salt of greatness of humble love. So friends in Christ, I just want to share with you, when someone else is hurting like that, a bowl, a pot of stew, a pot of soup, I don't know, a dozen donuts, a couple cakes, anything like that means a lot. That was a reminder. That is the saltiness of service. That was zip and pop in a very positive way, much like John Valjean being given grace. What a blessing that was. So Jesus, he invites you and I to come and sit as his kingdom, as poor, crippled, blind, lame beggars, to his eternal kingdom, and he calls us to be good salt. Not the salt in people's grill, but the salt of service. And by the way, Jesus is salty 
is confusing, disruptive, and creative. God himself came down to earth, born in a stable. Pretty confusing. Hung out with sinners and low lives. Pretty confusing. And got in people's face when they sinned. Pretty confusing. And it's disruptive. Jesus is disruptive. He interferes with our life. He, he confronts us with truth in a loving and sometimes a harsh way and very creative. That God himself, the good shepherd, becomes a lamb that he might pay the price for all the sheep. Very creative. And I'm going to die a death from the Romans and that symbol be the symbol of victory thousands of years, the cross. Can you read with me the confusing, disruptive, and creative, salty work of Jesus? Can you all read it with me? But when the time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive the full rights of sons. Confusing, disruptive, creative, the salty son of man gave us eternal life. My prayer is that in salt, in a confusing, disruptive, and creative way, how we see our neighbor. Love in small things, that's confusing, disruptive, and creative. Go in front of me in the line if you only have a few items. Let me hold the door open for a couple more seconds. Have I sent a card to someone? Love in great things, that is confusing, disruptive, and creative. Five pizzas at night. Taking time to call someone who's down and out. Maybe have a couple very busy weeks helping with someone who's ill. Be salt. Small things and great things. So Monday, I went into the school cafeteria. It was the first day of school. They're eating lunch. And there, I looked at the serving line in the, in the, cafe, in the kitchen part where I got served that salty Kool-Aid. And there were students there. I said, well, that's sort of unique. What, what's going on with that? I'm expecting some servers. Well, they don't have an assistant yet, so they had the students what? serve. Well, they can do that. That was salt in a very small way. They were being salt. A very small way. Friends in Christ, be salt. That's confusing, disruptive, and creative in small and great ways. So our theme for our school year, our church year, making disciples for life, be salty. Zip and pop by God's grace. That blesses others. So how about this for a closing thought, thought for us salty people? Y'all read it with me. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain deceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. And all God's people say, Amen. Amen.